Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns. This is the show where we share cutting edge strategies to help CMOs, marketing directors, and business owners to get more leads and sales so they can achieve their vision. And speaking of vision, we've the visionary Lauren Petrullo from Mongoose Media is filling in for the ailing, sickly Qasem Aslam as we conclude 2023. And today is a very exciting day, Lauren, because today we announced the winner of the All Access Pass for Traffic and Conversion Summit. And maybe as an extra bonus, maybe we can like throw in that the winner will meet you as well, because you are going to randomly choose the winner on air here today of this <laughs> thing that we've been promoting for way too long, <laughs> that finally we're revealing who actually won. So pretty excited to have you on the show here today to announce that. But also, we're going to be talking about all the things that you should be doing in the coming year. And Lauren, I think you bring a certain level of expertise to this podcast and a way of looking at things that Kasim and myself do not. And I think lots of the things that you're going to be preaching to our listeners here are also going to apply to team members within Tier 11 and Solutions 8 too, myself included. So <laughs> thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for filling in and for ailing sickly Kasim. Welcome back to Perpetual Traffic. Yay! Thank you for being sick, Kasim. It's always a pleasure to replace you. Mm. Uh, oh, by the way, like we've got like 13 things we're going to be talking about here today. And the 13th one, which you got to stay to the very end, is probably the best one, I think. It the most. It really denigrates rips on poor Kasim, who was like sick in bed today, and we're just making fun of him. <laughs> so, all right. So, before we get into the big reveal, which we're not going to wait till the very end of the podcast to do it. We're going to do it right now. Make sure that you do go over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Lauren's been known to be one of the most popular YouTube personalities on the Perpetual Traffic podcast. Much to my dismay, she's <laughs> her face appears far more than mine does, which is just fine by me. It's all right. I've got a face for radio. But anyway, so today we are going to reveal the winner. So randomly, I want you to select a number between 1 and 50. We have all of them on a list here over to my right. Mm -hmm. And if you pick that, one, that number will be the number that we will randomly choose from the list of all the reviews that we've gotten here today. So what is your number? 23. We'll go for Michael Jordan. 23. Three. Let's see who is 23. 23. The lucky winner is Shelby Osborne from the United States of America. Let's see. Let's read a review. Re Vegas, let's go. My husband 
is a super nerd about marketing, listens to y'all. She must be Southern. Including me and that y'all. Oh, yeah, that's right. No. That's right. Y'all, which includes Lauren Petrillo, all the time. You got me on the train and now we're addicted. You're the coolest nerdy people I've ever listened to. I, I love wow. that. Hey, nerds rule the world, man. Uh, and would love to meet up in Vegas, LFG, with lots of hook'em horns emojis. So that is awesome. All right, Shelby Osborne, you are the winner. You are, yeah, you are number 23, lucky Michael Jordan. So we will figure out how to get in touch with you. <laughs> we're not exactly sure how we're going to do that, but you have a ticket to Traffic and Conversion Summit and you get to meet us three. Yes. Or maybe not. Like we noticed, Lauren, it was kind of strange. When we first announced the contest, the, the prospect of meeting Kasim and myself like we didn't, we weren't getting any reviews. And all of a sudden we said, you don't have to meet us. And then all of a sudden they just flooded in. Oh, that's funny. So, yes, yeah, so, so much for being podcast famous. But anyway, thank you for everyone who submitted a review. There was lots and lots of them here, which is great, as well as on a number of the different platforms in which we get reviews. So appreciate everyone submitting their review of the show. It certainly helps us reach a wider audience. And of course, for those of you who are not as lucky as... Shelby is, to get her name, I almost said Shelly, as Shelby is, you can still get tickets to Traffic and Conversion Summit and get 20% off your ticket by going to trafficandconversionsummit.com and put in the uh, code perpetual traffic. And if I need to tell you how to spell that, then I really can't help you. So anyway, so definitely do that. Yes. We're contractually obligated uh, by the Clarion people to promote that whole show. And really looking forward to speaking there. Today, though, we're going to be talking about some, I think some of these things are things that you're going to be doing on stage at TNC, but not all of them. So you got to go to TNC to actually hear all of them. But today we've got 13 things that you should be doing in 2024 to set yourself up for success. So we're going to get into... That with Lauren Petrullo from Mongoose Media right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. So I'll just cue you up and you can just go. Okay. And yeah, we can make subtle digs all the way through uh, on Cossum <laughs> and that'll be a great show for everyone. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wouters and the authors of Reputation King, my buddy Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. 
And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So we are back with Lauren Petrullo, filling in for the ailing, sick, hopefully not dying, Qasem Aslam. And today, 13 things, that's a lot. So we got to talk fast here, and we, we can't go too off track, like, I don't know, talking about how much funnier you are than Qasem or anything like that. So we have to stay on point. And I'm okay. loaded up with Sudafed, so it's obvious I'm a little bit <laughs> giddy here today. So what is your number one thing? Let's just go, let's rattle through this list. Like, there's a lot of things here. If you can do all 13, obviously, great, but there's a lot to this. So what, what's your number one thing that people should be doing in 2024 to set themselves up for digital marketing and business success? The number one, now, full disclosure, a lot of this list is stuff that we're doing for clients or we're expecting clients to do for themselves. Some of it's new. Uh, the most immediate thing is definitely uh, focused on emails and making sure that you've done list verification and doing your due diligence when it comes to email. In February, Gmail is coming with this huge Armageddon of scariness and AOL, Yahoo, and other email providers are following suit in Q1. So number one, for sure, of what I'm at least doing differently in 2024, or we're asking our clients and recommending as well is to be on top of your emails because deliverability is going to shoot you in the foot. Uh, what I mean in that is you need to have an email verification process so that you know all the emails in your list if you've been collecting emails for years, especially if you don't remember the last time you did an email verification process, it is too long. So you can use a whole host of different tools. You want to verify all the emails. Why? Because if that email on different providers hasn't been touched or opened in more than two years, for example, it depends on which provider, AOL, Yahoo, Gmail, those will come back as hard bounces and it's going to mm -hmm. affect your sending score. And you can design a great email, have a fantastic subject line, but if it doesn't hit the inbox, it doesn't matter. Right. So, so many people forget about that. Really, it's like, oh, it, with all the, obviously the, the iOS updates, there's uh, deliverability is definitely is down just in general, mm -hmm. but cleaning up that list is so vitally important. Any tools specifically that you recommend for doing this or do you just have like a VA do it? Like how do you guys do it? How do you recommend people do it for your clients? Yeah, so there's a whole host of tools. I mean, it's like mxtoolbox.com. Um, Postmaster for Google is a free resource. I would put that on that list completely. Um, you know, there's easy to mark, millionverifier.com, which is a really cheap way to verify the email. So millionverifier.com. Like if you have a list of like 10,000, you're spending a few bucks, just do it. Submit your email list through it. And what you'll get back is confirmation that those are 
verified emails. And then what you want to do is once you've done that email verification, you want to have your two lists because you don't want to send emails to everybody. Sending emails to unverified emails will hurt your sending record. Mm. So you'll have your verified and that becomes your main email list. And then what you can do is uh, use that non-verified email list. Don't delete leads. If you paid for that contact, right. keep that contact, but right. leverage it in your remarketing marketing strategies or find other ways to get in contact with those people or potentially update that record that you have available. If you have their phone number, if you have their like home address, for example, a really great opportunity of another thing we're doing differently in 2024 is investing into postcard, like snail mail. What we've seen work in 2023 was more impressive than we anticipated. So we're adding more budget mm -hmm. to snail mail type of campaigns, but verify those emails, use only the verified emails as the ones that you're going to be sending your campaigns to in 2024, and then leverage the non-verified actual customers. Like we see this a lot with brick and mortars that have been open 20 years, mm -hmm. right? They have a whole host of customers and those email addresses aren't relevant anymore, but they're still hyper relative contact details that they can use to remarket or try other channels that email is attached right. to. Phone, phone number, obviously, home address, mm. mailing address, you name it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Uh, related to that, maybe number two is, tell me about what a, I don't even know how you say it, but Beamy TXT record. Be Beamy. Yeah. B-I-M-I. -I. So uh, it's a new one. A lot of us know, like you have to have your SBF, DKIM, all those records up to date. B-I-M-I -I is the newest one. And so it's just a new level of certification. What is a B-I-M-I? -I? For those who have never heard of this phrase before, what does it stand for? And why is it important? Why are you bringing it up as like number two here? Yeah, so it allows you to have this, especially for Gmail, because Gmail will require that senders have it. So it's just a new requirement, new certification for your email process. I'm trying to see what BIMI specifically stands for as an acronym, because I don't... Brand Indicators for Message Identification, right? Oh, there you go. Yes. That sounds right. But you need to have this as a certification as another way to just signal to your various email properties that like, hey, I'm a legit firm, you have the certification. And I, I'm sure a lot of you know, that in Gmail, you can have a logo or even like a gift for your logo so that when you show up in mobile or in desktop, depending on where you're looking at Gmail specifically, you can see the branding next to your actual email. Right, right. Which is a way to stand out in inbox where we're getting hundreds a day and it can be very noisy. So this is just a, you do it, get the certification and it's related to your DNS record. So you do have to have access to your, your hosting, URL hosting. Does it prevent, nothing really prevents unless you actually put it in, but always everyone is looking for ways in which to get into the primary inbox. Most cases, uh. it's going like into updates or it's going to promotions or mm. this doesn't affect that per se, but it does affect deliverability. Mm. It's my understanding. 
I would say if, like, what you're saying, I agree with. It doesn't necessarily affect it, but because deliverability is the first and foremost thing, like we like say that we have like four levels of marketing for email. Level zero is deliverability and it's like a baby on its stomach. You have zero visibility if you don't even land an inbox. But in terms of like getting out of promotions and getting into like your regular inbox, especially for like Gmail that segments it out, the number one hat tip of that is make sure every email in your onboarding series starts with an email question with a reply as your call to action. Mm. Get them to reply. Your reply is like gold. It's the perpetual traffic review equivalent of a free VIP ticket to Vegas. That would be something where if you were to say in emails, review and evaluate your onboarding welcome sequences and see where and when you can possibly have a very simple question that you ask that initiates them to reply. Yeah. So in your initial sequence, make sure you get that response. You ask a specific mm -hmm. question. You could actually, as a result of that, appear in the primary inbox. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the biggest things. Yeah. Something that I think we all forget and super, super important. So, okay. So bunch of tips right there, just on email, folks, like start doing that now. Like if you're listening to this first week and maybe you got a little time, administrative time, you set aside, trying to catch up, you know, and snail mail, emails, all the stuff that's been piling up over the course of the last week. This is an important one to look at. So or at least have your team do it. What else you got? Just uh, in terms of like just going down the thread of email of how you can email better in general, there would be two tips specifically that would go on our list. One, everyone that is sending email, you should have an email address at Gmail, at AOL, at Yahoo, at all the different popular email providers. And you should test send emails to this list. So like a Lauren Petrula at Yahoo.com, a Lauren Petrula at in AOL.com, all those different versions before you mass send to your full list, because you want to make sure that your email is rendering correctly in those different types of inboxes. And I think it's a small thing that we knew when we started doing email and a lot of us neglect because we're like, oh, it works on my specific email device. But when you're looking at your email cleanups and where you're getting like bad deliverability or bad bounces, a lot of the times it's associated with a specific type of inbox provider. So create those test emails, send it and see what it looks like on those different providers. Like test it out because you, the last thing you want is for AOL, which may not make up a lot, but you'll still have a percentage of people that are going to read it wrong. So like you're going to piss them off more than you're going to surprise and delight them from all the effort you made. Yeah. That's super important. So see how it renders in all those in, uh, providers. One of the other things that I would add on to this hmm. is, and, and we have an email specialist on board, the agency here that always reminds me of this, is that you've got, most people use, they use Gmail, uh, obviously uh, operate a lot of their email on a mobile device, and there's only 70 characters in your subject line. Yeah. So... Making sure, like it's not getting cut off with the ellipsis. I don't even know if the ellipsis is like, sometimes it just gets cut off without the ellipsis, the mm. little, like the three dots. There's 70 characters. Like you can, while you're doing this, go back through your autoresponder sequences and see if it stays within that 70 character limitation. The other thing, and that really does help with open rates a lot. The other thing is that, just to 
pile on here even more, I guess we're going more than 13 here, is <laughs> most people now, you look at this, and I, I don't do it, most people have their phones on dark mode. And when you look at mobile, a lot yeah. of times, like even our mobile team sometimes forgets about this. Like they'll send it or like render it in mobile or do the inspect, mm. right click, you know, on desktop, but you won't yeah. actually see what it looks like rendered on in dark mode on a phone. And oftentimes if you have images, the images look really funky. So yet another tip. So like start looking at stuff in dark mode and secondarily, uh, adhere to that 70 character limit just because I, mean, I think Gmail is universally acceptable. But point is, is like really go back into the mind of your consumer, how they behave. And even though I don't use yeah. dark mode, everybody I know uses dark mode. I do. And you included. There you go. Yeah. Oh, that's such a good one. I didn't even think about it too. And I am in dark mode all day long. That is... Oh, that was worth a Sudafed extra number. Yeah, yeah, it's Sudafed inspired email. So you also mentioned something about conditional logic. Let's talk about that, seeing how we're on sort of an email train here. Yeah, yeah. The easiest way we rip apart email audits when we get them for among us media is we look and see the emails that were made, especially in the automations, abandoned carts, onboarding series, always have a clear call to action, right? You want them to take an action, schedule an appointment purchase a product. But like 99% of the time, what we don't see is conditional based secondary actions in response to consumer behavior. So if you have an email that's going out, that's inspiring them to schedule a call, and the person does the desired behavior, clicks on that button for the email to schedule the call, but then does not schedule the call, assuming you have a unified comp system for emails and SMS, you should 15 minutes later, if clicked on button and made it to said page, but did not make it to the desired thank you page, then you should be sending a text message. You should be starting a conversation that is following up on the equivalent of an abandoned cart to that type of action. So if you went to the schedule and appointment page, and for whatever reason you didn't, automatically sending a text that says, hey, it's Ralph with tier 11. Saw you were trying to get on my calendar. Would you like me to help you book a time right now? Mm. Or something to that effect, because they've done everything but take that final action. So having automations in place to push them over the edge is simple, easy, and necessary. So if you're not currently doing that, that is something I would strongly recommend that you evaluate mm. and put in place for 2024 because so much energy and effort went into getting them to that schedule page. Yeah. And then what? Just abandon yeah. because they got distracted? Right. People don't get distracted in this day and age. No, that doesn't right. No, right. Everybody's Never. everybody is always paying attention to whatever's going on. Yeah. So factor mm. in that. I always have to assume that people aren't listening to what you're saying. That's why I tend to repeat myself according to my kids. Uh, but <laughs> this is like the equivalent of repeating yourself. So and what, mm. what do you have to say something like seven times before people actually remember it? Uh that's absolutely true, if not more. <laughs> seven impressions to take a call to action between seven and 500, according to Google. But the point is, is you get more touch points, the better. And obviously, this is a, a great way to uh, to make sure that you are getting, you've worked so hard to get to that point. Yeah. 
talk to them relevantly and like we see responses oh shoot you know what i got distracted or actually the booking you didn't have any times available and you get to start a dialogue is it's emailing better in a way where you're not talking one to many you're getting to the place where they're the people you want to be talking to individually and you're setting them up for that individual conversation starter yeah which is the whole point the super smart of doing your emails one of the things you mentioned uh, before we hit record was non-email any other email tips we have here before we move on to some other tips or have we got most of them i think yeah i think we got most of them i think we got most of them yeah there's a few of them there there's a lot now people probably aren't thinking about this right now but everyone's like q5 what the hell is q5 Mm. when should you start thinking about q5 and i'm obviously i'm talking about what we just came through black friday cyber monday when should people ideally start thinking about it planning it obviously promotional calendars are maybe a part of this whole thing, which is another tip that I know we want to talk about, but maybe you can combine the two of them together here. Sure, sure, sure. So definitely creating promotional calendars is one of them. Like you want to know the important dates because things like Black Friday will run away with you. But uh, Q5 specifically, I look at it as December 25th to December 31st. It's the, for Facebook side, highest inventory available, lowest auction costs. Everyone is on their phone. They're bragging about their holiday gifts. They're complaining about their holiday family horror stories. So you have no. everyone on social media in a way because they're off work, they're off school in like an unprecedented time frame. So in terms of planning Q5 specifically, I recommend starting in September. You have a great time to test creatives leading up to it. And you can use this, what I call golden week to get up to 30% of all of the next year's customers. People aren't in as much of a buying mode. They've just received a lot. Maybe they're considering exchanging and returning, but they are in a discovery and a planning. You've the week before new year, new me kind of situation and everyone's evaluating how they can be better. And if you have a solution, whether it be a product or a service that helps someone be better, you can get in front of them for pennies on the dollar. A competition is off on vacation, but your customers are not. Mm. Well, well, they are on vacation, but they're not on vacation from their devices. So planning in September of what you want to make available, having a designated budget for this very cost-effective, marketing-efficient time period, and using, why I say September, a chance to like see what creatives, getting the different creatives, because it's this very specific week. Some people expand Q5 and include December 15th, when you can't ship in time for Christmas, because that's when most brick and mortars and like e-commerce retailers leave Facebook. So the costs go down then, but it's Christmas day, it's New Year's Eve. For sure, for sure, for sure. Yeah, super important. A a lot of consideration going on, not necessarily Mm. conversion per se, but people are idle, kind of recovering. So you're saying plan this September at the latest yeah, well, at the latest, I would do as soon as Black Friday is over, you take a day off and breathe mm. because Black Friday is a pain in the rear end. If you can, I mean, the whole thing for 2024, like one of the numbers on this list is creating a promotional calendar, being mindful that Q5 is December 25th to December 31st because January 1, all the gyms are on and your your ads get expensive. But planning that in and then blocking time in September to discuss what type of like lead acquisition, what type of content are you going to get in front of your ideal customer so that they're in your your wheelhouse before your competitors have even started. It's like starting a marathon. Damn. 
five minutes before the other competitors have even gotten to the starting line uh. because people are waiting till 2024 to start their 2024 campaigns. But if you can start in this magical Q5 week, you'll have already swooped up what can be and what we have seen historically is like 30% of all customers you will have in 2024 in one week. Damn. So in the promotional calendar, like if you have time, sit down, even if you're just doing like Q1 and big one, big holidays, know when Black Friday is, know when Q5 is, um, know, uh, especially for Q1, like putting in like a 222 sale, February 22nd was the biggest day. It beat Black Friday for several of our clients. Um, if you can do like a random refund or finding different holidays in which you can do sales, knowing the obvious sales that you'll be doing Memorial Day, Labor Day, but then finding dates that are relevant to non-brand, whether it be like National Guacamole Day, or you make it up and say Pretty Pretty Princess Day, doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Put those dates on a calendar because if you don't put them on a calendar, you're going to find yourself the day after wishing you had. Mm -hmm. So that's my like, Number one of the things to do in 2024 is definitely create a promotional calendar and lock in what those dates are so that you can plan accordingly. You don't have to be Amazon to create your own day, right? Amazon no. Prime Day. Like, why, what day is that? Well, whenever Amazon says it is. So it's like whatever your, <laughs> yeah, whatever your company is, yeah. like create your own day. And would you yes. recommend making one up once a quarter? Like, what's your recommendation there. Mm. Like every month seems like a little bit too much, but what's the cadence would you recommend? Six to eight weeks. You want to have some sort of random sale every six to eight weeks to inspire urgency. Mm -hmm. If it's relevant, uh, do your, I know that some people have like mattresses or single purchases they buy every six to seven years. I like the six to eight weeks. There should be some sort of temporary sale that inspires those tire kickers and lazy buyers. To taking action. Yes, totally. Make up a day. Like no one's fact checking you if it's National Guacamole Day or not. But if you do leverage, like there's so many different calendars you can do. And if you can join a conversation that some people are having, like my Chihuahua is my favorite type of dog day, things of that nature. It's a way again to stand out from the noise and you're not competing for everyone's Labor Day sale. Okay. You're just giving someone a reason to start a conversation with you and pay attention. Love it. Love it. Very cool. Also, I know we talked a little bit about going over to the meta side of the equation. You had mentioned something about meta events. What can mm. we, yeah, what can yes. we talk about there? Okay, so a uh, huge fan of meta shops, mm. commerce specifically, advocate. They're now changing where meta shops is. Commerce manager on meta is changing significantly. So everything's graduating into events. You might have noticed that pixels are no longer pixels, they're data sets. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of shifting and organizing that's happening on the meta side which is exciting to see how much attention is going inside Business Manager, which really hasn't gotten that many updates. So there's greater organizational impact happening. Something I would do in 2024 is you got to look at the meta events and look at your... This is for e-commerce folks only. Yeah. I got to look at your catalogs and make sure that they are optimized. You get a health score. You need to have a minimum of 90% or your products aren't going to show. There are products that you can't sell on Meta, like children and humans, obviously, hmm. but also like things Correct. that have animal byproducts, like body parts, Yeah, placenta or egg yolk. Those don't fly on your catalog. <laughs> they actually do have a policy about body parts on, yes, on the Meta policy page. Yeah. Yes. You will have your products eliminated from visibility and ads and visibility and organic traffic. If, say, you have clothing and you don't say the size, if you don't say if it's unisex, female, or masculine, like you need to have 
this whole checklist of different things related to your product catalog. It's been coming and it's getting more and more relevant. People were able to create e-commerce stores and shift most of the catalog. Now Meta is like, no, tell me what these products are because I want to set the consumer up for the best success. And on that same note, going to Google Merchant Center and reviewing that product catalog as well. A lot of accounts that we get into, people don't look at Google Merchant Center and you might see that there's 45 products that are restricted and there's reviews. And it's just that an AI bot read that this product is selling something that's against policy. And you're like, no, 100%, that's not true. Yeah. You click in review, then boom, it's five seconds to potentially optimize your Google catalog. So in a nutshell, it's review your, if you're e-commerce, review your merchant account and your meta events, which is where your meta shops catalog These is. These are super important. We see this all the time when we do audits. Yeah. Like it's just crazy and it's easy mm. to fix. It's at what point, yes. so this is a question that we always get, and I'm sure you do as well. At what point do you pay for a catalog like optimization mm. tool versus doing it manually where where's sort of that sweet spot because obviously if you have mm. fifty thousand SKUs, you you need some automation to be able to help with this yeah. like how do you do it where's what's the best methodology obviously talking to our e-com listeners here Sure. Like data feed tools are yeah. amazing and help a lot. They're like $100 a month. So it's always going to depend on is where do you value your time? If it's taking you more than an hour, you pay $100 a month, in my opinion. Okay. Like you, you can clean up a lot of this once where I think it really is, is stronger recommended is if you have products that come in and out of stock and you're not just constantly in stock, you need to have a watch provider because you may have delays of products not showing because the last time it was crawled, it's showing zero inventory, but you actually updated inventory a week ago. It just hasn't been refreshed. So you just have to consider, is this worth $100 of your time or not? As like the obnoxious, it depends answer. The other one is if you have products where your inventory fluctuates quite a bit, don't even hesitate. Bring in a feed watch tool so that you can stay on top of that. So super important. Uh, this is just the basics that people forget all the time. And you literally, yeah. you could be leaving hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars potentially on the table just by fixing these little things. Yeah, and it's so easy to Email fix. Email verifications, making sure that your shops are set up. Crazy. Identifying like your Black Friday, like knowing in July that you're mapping that stuff out. These are things that aren't sexy. And so things that are often ignored. And like you said, they cost people so much and people will bend over backwards to decrease CPM by a dollar, but they won't optimize the basics of what will make their products show up yeah. or their emails deliverable. Yeah. They'll spend hours and hours getting their ROAS from 2.5 to 2.7, but then not do nothing uh. about their uh, catalog. All right. Well, <laughs> moving along to other quasi boring hmm. subjects. I'm air quoting <laughs> that as well. We're, we've been guilty of this. QR codes. Talk to me about this hmm. one and how you guys are using them. Using them actually, we'll be using them a lot more this year, but it's so easy. Okay. If you notice uh, so much now, like these have like come back in vogue. Hmm. It's like they're on TV commercials now, especially with connected TV. Uh, how are you guys using them? Where do you recommend using them? Like what's your stance? 
Yeah, uh, QR codes, like we've we've been really behind in the West for QR codes. People in the East have been using QR codes for what feels like a century. And with the pandemic, people became familiar with QR codes. So it's here to stay. Uh, one of the easiest things that if you have a YouTube channel, I recommend you put in your YouTube banner, your QR code. In general, for organic social media, you always want to have some sort of destination page. We call it like the, hey, thank you for helping me kind of thank you page. That's a confirmation they completed a lead. But like a thank you, that was helpful kind of page. And so in our YouTube clients, um, we put in the YouTube banner, a QR code that will go to a quiz or will go to like a high traffic blog, something that is super relevant for them as this nice little carryover into another platform. Mm -hmm. So using a QR code and then obviously connecting some sort of like bit.ly or like trackable URL to measure that traffic will allow you to see the success of the impact behind your social media campaigns. People just go so shallow and they're like, yeah, I've got subscribers, I've got viewers. But so what? Those subscribers don't necessarily go to the bank. You need subs you need first party data and you need them to leave YouTube to go to your website where they can actually get pitched, things of that nature. Yep. So leveraging your QR codes on your YouTube banner is the easiest place that I would start. Again, this is one of the things of having clean, organized banner with a distinctive call to action. And like, it'll show up, you have to be mindful, like desktop, tablet, mobile have different sizes for the banner. So make sure that you're designing it with the different devices in mind. Yep. But if you're not doing that, pause, pause this podcast, pause go to Canva. Podcast. Make one right now yeah. and come back and listen. And Guilty is charged over on the Perpetual Traffic YouTube channel. So talking to uh, the marketing <laughs> team here at Terra 11. But we will change that. Another one which we picked up from Ian Garlic. I always want to say Ian. Yeah. Let's just say Ian Garlic just to piss him off. But Ian Garlic is having a pretty link, a 301 redirect from a page on your site, like for example, when we say perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube, if you've noticed, that is actually a redirect link to a subscribe page. Mm. And that has been killer for us. And I thought I'd like to, I'm going to give Ian some, I'm going to pronounce his name correctly. I'm going to give him a lot of props. <laughs> it's probably increased our subscriber rate by 50% since we mentioned it. And yeah. we'll leave links in the show notes as to how to actually do it. But it's super easy. I actually set it up myself. And the last time I think I did anything inside WordPress was like 1997. So if I can do it, then uh, you folks can do it for sure. The point is, mm -hmm. make sure that you do set it up. Spoiler alert. It's question mark. Sub underscore confirmation equals one. That is the thing right there. So use that as a 301 redirect. And all of a sudden, you're going to see your subscribers skyrocket. We tried to figure out how to do this before we hit record for some of the other social channels. And YouTube's the only one that you can do that with. So, But anyway, very cool. So if you've got a YouTube channel, there's a double hit for you right there. So QR codes and subscribe links. We almost forgot when we talked about our meta side of the equation you're we're looking at the perpetual traffic Instagram and we have failed ah. miserably on this on our <laughs> reels. So mm. tell us how we have failed here and okay. how we can maybe get a couple extra clicks, a couple extra likes. It's your secret. 
So we all know about thumbnails for YouTube. I would venture that most people listening aren't familiar with real covers for your IG reels. So you can create the thumbnail equivalent for your reels so that you can allow people to better understand visually what the content they want to consume is. And it just helps in optimizing your, your profile from a more professional standpoint. Let's rip on actual traffic's Instagram for a hot second. Like <laughs> the reels have like text. It's like a funny face of Cossum. And then the words I wouldn't. Yeah. That that might be slightly appealing and like capture your attention. But then other ones just have no context whatsoever. And it requires me to dive deeper to decide whether or not I'm going to watch it. And if it takes me time, it takes away my attention. So (laughs) I almost want to share my screen because there's one of him going like, my opinion on... All right, yes, let's... Well, if it makes him look stupid, yeah, definitely share your screen. (laughs) So I think it's the most important just because we're ripping on him because he's sick in bed. I don't know. And he's like, oh, uh, well, no, this is for sure what he looks like. Yeah, it t- he totally looks like that. Yeah, so make sure that you go over to perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. And oh, by the way, that is a redirect link to subscribe. So make sure that you do subscribe so you stay updated with everything that we're doing. Yeah, right. Look at that face. Yeah, that's a terrible face. The agency? Face. The agency. One of? Yeah. Like, what it's not you... giving me reasons to want to watch this. Yeah, I know. Yeah, we need to upgrade we will leave links in the show notes to our favorite tool is there anyone uh, in digital marketing that doesn't use canva as far as you know if you unless you've been like living under a rock it's like the greatest tool ever so and you can there is a competitor coming out though a cheaper lifetime value version really but yeah canvas for folks that don't want to spend 15 bucks a month there is a an alternative like 40 dollar lifetime I just heard about that. Some are starting to use, but yeah, we use Canva. It's easy. Make a template. You can see the ones at mongoosemedia.us. That's our Instagram handle. You can see some of the real covers that we've made. These do not have to be fancy, but they do have to inspire someone to understand what the content is about. I mean, that's just the direction it's going. So creating those is easy. Just do it. I, I like Canva just because I think Melanie Perkins is like amazing. She's one of my favorite mm-hmm. entrepreneurs. We'll leave links in the show notes. There's a how I built this with her on there. Billion dollar mm-hmm. valuation at the age of 30. Like, are you kidding Brilliant. me? And she's an Australian. So, it's, you know, she's very cool to listen to. Oh, I thought she's from the Philippines. No. Oh, she's an Aussie. Oh, okay. She's got, well, she's got the accent at least. We'll leave links in the show notes too. We'll cross promote Guy Raz's podcast here on Perpetual Traffic. I love that show. But anyway, one of the reasons why I like Canva, but yeah, definitely an easy thing to do. Something for our marketing team. All you guys who are listening, so I know you're listening to the show. We need to upgrade (laughs) on Instagram for real covers. What else do we have? We've got, we did QR codes. We talked about real covers. Anything else that you want to add that are quick hitters Mm. on any of those channels or we pretty much covered it? then we can get on to the best, biggest tip of all, which makes <laughs> Cossum look stupid. So before we get to that, anything else? I think we save the few others for a future, a future episode. One. Okay. For a conversation in Las Vegas. Got it. Got it. We can go through that. All right. So the big reveal here is recently you stole a bunch of traffic from Cossum <laughs> for his big promotional event. How'd you actually do it? Tell us a little bit backstory here. And uh, how mm. listeners might be able to do the same thing to uh, a friend, air quote, of theirs. 
I do love Kasim. He is a fantastic friend. I am so grateful to know him as a human. And please don't hate me for this. But I was, like you, invited to be on the UVerse Google Challenge. Yep. And we had a 20-minute presentation, got to speak to you. We were like, 5,000 people that had signed up for this awesome challenge. Yeah, it's pretty good. And I love this sibling friendship that I have with Kasim Mm -hmm. and was like, how can I uh, make this funny for me? Right? Like, I enjoy 20 minutes talking about CRO. Fine, no problem. But how can I like make this fun for me? Um, So at the last slide of my presentation, I had the presentation and then like my three pages of notes with KPIs and everything. So at the end of the presentation, I told everyone, hey, if you could keep up with me, because I speak really fast for a Chicagoan, and you'd like all of my notes, including the slides and the, the cheat sheet of everything. My final slide was if you go to Twitter or Instagram and tag both myself and Kasim, add the UVerse Google challenge hashtag and let the world publicly know how much funnier I am than Kasim, I will give you all of my notes, give you everything, which of course Kasim had no idea it was happening, his fault for not vetting, but found out that like within 20 minutes or like 50 tweets and Instagram posts of the world kindly celebrating how much funnier I am than Kasim. So, Invest, uh, but yet funnier, no matter fair. what. Fair. Yeah. Hey, all's fair in funny wars. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, if you end up looking at anything for Evers Google and social media, it's just completely dominated, not by Kasim or John Moran, but by how much funnier I am as an individual. See, I don't feel bad for Kasim. I do feel bad for John Moran, though, because I like him a lot better. Huh. Anyway, that is killer. So that's a killer tip right there. You can definitely play that trick on your friends or just steal your competitor's traffic better. That is, I think, way more than 13 tips. I don't know. I'm counting like 14, 15 here. So we're over-delivering here in our first show of the year. And we are definitely over-delivering to Shelby Osborne. We're going to see yeah. in Vegas. Can't wait to meet her, and uh, maybe even her husband's going to be there too. So maybe he'll have to pay for a ticket, or at least you know, pay for two tickets. It's now half price. So congratulations to her. We'll be reaching out to Shelby. Won the contest for the full access ticket to Traffic and Conversion Summit, where myself, Lauren, Cosm, and a whole slew of other awesome speakers are going to be talking in Vegas, second week of January. So looking forward to that, and we're going to hang out for the first time. Right, we've never met face to face, although we sort of like passed in the hallway at Digital Market, or I think once or twice, something like that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll have a physical hug, in person high five. Yep, just instead yeah. of like yeah, virtual high fiving. Well, Lauren, thanks so much for coming back on Perpetual Traffic, filling in for the sickly Cossum. And yeah, can't wait to see you in a couple of weeks. Of course, uh, make sure that wherever you are listening to podcasts, leave us a review. You might not get a free ticket to Traffic and Conversion Summit, but we do appreciate those reviews. Gets us to a wider audience here and helping marketing professionals like yourself, as well as business owners to achieve their vision through more leads, sales, traffic, all the stuff we talk about here on the show. So uh, let us know what we can do better. We're going to throw that link out there. Haven't talked about that one in a while. Perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. Of course, you can uh, check us out on our YouTube channel, perpetualtraffic.com forward slash YouTube. And all the links, all the resources, which there were many, Lauren, 
from Mongoose Media. Uh, and of course, all resources and show notes are over at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of my awesome guest host filling in today, Lauren Petrullo. Ciao! <laughs> Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic, 